Pure Fandom Podcast. This podcast is talking about Game of Thrones with season seven right around the corner. We have been re-watching here at Pure Fandom the entire Game of Thrones series all the way through season six. And now we're diving into theories right before season seven premieres. This specific podcast is going to discuss how the Mormont family has been involved with the war against winter and in cahoots with the Starks and possibly knew about Jon Snow's true birth the entire time. I'm your host, Liz Prue, co-founder of purefandom.com and a host of a couple different podcasts here on Pure Fandom. But for this specific podcast, I'm joined with guest co-host, Eric Prue, my husband. Proud husband. Proud husband. Happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining. So before we get started, um, like I said, we're going to discuss how the Mormont family has played a pivotal role in protecting Jon Snow and the war against winter. And in discussing how we were going to break this down, because I believe, and I, I will say, I have not seen this theory anywhere else. So if you have, please comment and correct me. But this has kind of been a theory of my own making starting with San Diego Comic-Con 2016 when I first started talking about this theory and how I thought the Mormons were way involved than what is currently known in the series. And Eric, as we rewatched seasons one through six, because that's what cool married couples do. Absolutely. Um, we figured out a couple different plot holes and decided to finish the series before we fully fleshed out mm-hmm. this Mormon theory. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to today. I'm really excited to talk about the Mormons. Yes, I am aware on how you feel about the North. (laughs) And North remembers. Yes, I know. We actually just ordered a Northern, um, not a Northern, a Stark, the North remembers banner. Yeah, and it's the banner that was actually released and dropped from the episode. Well, it's not the actual banner. Yeah, no, it's the actual banner. Well, I don't think the actual banner would be sold on Amazon Prime for $12.38, but... Well, there's so many Starks now because of how everything's going to unfold. Okay, now we just lost half of our listeners. <laughs> um, let's get to the theory. Okay, so we decided that before we kind of dive into all of the dirty details, we would discuss... Um, just a little bit of background, because some background is needed for this, correct? You would agree with me? I would totally agree with you. This series deep. The, yes, this this is deep. So um, we're going to discuss, for a lot of you, this is probably going to be repetitive or things that you already know, so bear with us. Or maybe not, um, because this comes from super legitimate sources like Game of Thrones Wikia and <laughs> um, Nerdist.com. Okay, so first off, we're going to discuss how it was confirmed that Jon Snow is the son of Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen, which, of course, we saw in um, the second part of the Tower of Joy scene in the season finale of season six, mm-hmm. where we see young Ned, he's with Lyanna, and she says, protect him, and then they do that super great shot that fades from that adorable baby to Jon's face. Oh, yeah, that was a big reveal, but also one that everyone saw coming. Right, and I know there are some trolls out there that are saying, well, we don't know it's Rhaegar's baby. What if it was King Aerys' baby? It's like, it was Rhaegar. It's Rhaegar's baby. Yeah. Okay. Um, And if it's not, then, like, literally 95% of the fandom is wrong. 
Well, I really don't think they have time at this point to enter in some crazy alternative, right? Well, it doesn't make sense either. Yeah. Um, be, they'd have to explain how all that happened, which we got two seasons left and a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah, we, we still have to prove that Tyrion is a Targaryen and that takes priority <laughs> right now. Right. Um, that'll be another podcast, but okay. So what some people may not know is the story of R plus J, Rhaegar, or I'm sorry, R plus L equals J, mm-hmm. Rhaegar plus Lyanna equals Jon, um, how it started the war and how uh, Rhaegar died in Robert's Rebellion. So what we're going to do is just read a quick snippet from uh, Game of Thrones Wikia. Oh yeah, my favorite source. Just to provide a little bit of background before we dive into the dirty details. Okay. So Lyanna had three brothers, Brandon, Eddard, and Benjamin Stark. Her father arranged a betrothal between her and Robert Baratheon, Lord of Storm's End and Lord Paramount of the Stormlands, who of course we met in season one mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones. Sometime after the betrothal, Lord Walter Went organized a great tourney at Harrenhal. Harrenhal is, of course, um, the setting for this, in which Lyanna saved Howland Reed from a group of squires. Later, she took him to their tent, where she introduced him to her three brothers. Prince Rhaegar Targaryen, the heir to the Iron Throne, was the victor of this tournament. Afterwards, the prince rode past his wife, Princess Ilya Martell, sister of Prince Oberyn Martell, and placed a crown of winter roses, the crown of the Queen of Love and Beauty, on Lyanna's lap. This action was considered an outrage by many because not only was Rhaegar married, but Lyanna was already betrothed to another man. At some point after these events, Lyanna was abducted by Rhaegar, who took her south and hid her away in Dorne. Brandon, who had been on his way to River Run to wed Catelyn Tully, Brandon being Ned Stark's brother, mm-hmm. instead went to King's Landing to demand Rhaegar's arrest and punishment. King Aerys II Targaryen, aka the Mad King, had him and all his companions charged with treason. He demanded all their fathers, including Lord Rickard Stark, come to King's Landing and promise they would receive a fair trial. Instead, the king had them all burned alive except for Brandon, who strangled himself trying to save his father. This incident sparked the uprising known as Robert's Rebellion. John Aaron was commanded to arrest and turn over his wards, Robert Baratheon and Eddard Stark, but he refused. The three of them rose in rebellion along with Hoster Holly of Riverrun after Eddard and John married his daughters, Catelyn and Lysa. Lysa's the crazy one that Littlefinger threw through the moon door <laughs> and was breastfeeding until um, Robin was like 22. <laughs> the war saw House Targaryen almost completely destroyed and Robert installed as king after he personally slew Rhaegar at the Battle of the Trident. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, we know that before the Tower of Joy scene where Ned discovers that Lyanna has given birth to John and takes him on as his bastard son to protect him, Rhaegar is already dead. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important thing to note here. Right. So here's another part of the story. Why would Lyanna, who basically was like Arya Stark, like fearless, mm-hmm. pretty... Um, she would have jumped on a horse and ridden away at any point. Yes, like she's just a fierce woman. And I mm-hmm. say pretty because in these times, um, if you are confident, powerful from a 
strong family and you're beautiful like you're just kind of like this unicorn of mm-hmm. you know can't be beaten yeah i mean she she was badass from the north and the north are so fiercely loyal and are willing to die at, for basically anything so why would she allow herself to be captured well well the theory is that leanna and Rhaegar were in love and there's a story about um, the that tourney at Hall and the anonymous Knight of the Laughing Tree. And it kind of explains this theory. And I, I don't really like calling it a theory because um, it's almost like it's a it's a tale. You know, mm-hmm. it's a tale that supports that the the side that believes Rhaegar was innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is kind of folklore even in the story, right? Yes, yes, even in the world of Game of Thrones. Right. And um, I know a lot of you are thinking now, well, yeah, of course they were in love because Rhaegar, especially in the show as we've seen, which this is what we are referencing Mm -hmm. mainly um, and what they'll do in the show specifically, that he was uh, loved, you know, all of his men respected him, and we Mm -hmm. saw that at the Tower of Joy scene. In the season six finale, when Ned Stark asked why, you know, two of his best soldiers were not at Robert's Rebellion protecting him, but at this tower where mm-hmm. Lyanna was, um, they were fiercely loyal to him. They trusted him. Yes. And the people loved him. I mean, he was loved not by only his men, but the people. Talking about him going into the streets and singing and just generally a beloved person. Which, uh, the more and more we dive into this, it makes more sense as to, this guy wasn't an asshole. Why would Mm -hmm. he kidnap Leanna Stark? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, we'll read this um, excerpt from Nerdist.com, one of our favorite, favorite sites. Mm -hmm. Um, And they published this article last year that recaps um, the Night of the Laughing Tree. So, we're going to read that to you guys and then talk about it a little bit. Okay, so again, this is from Nerdist.com. Howland Reed, which, by the way, is also Mira's father. Mira, of course, is the sister of the deceased Jojen, mm-hmm. who saw visions. Um, and Mira is the current companion of Bram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howland Reed, a bannerman of House Stark, attended the tourney and was dishonored by three squires. While they were physically picking on Lord Reed, a man... Short both in physical stature and prestige, Lyanna Stark came to his rescue on her horse. She was a great rider. She and her brother then invited Helen to sit with them at the feast that night and treated him with honor and respect. During the feast, Rhaegar played one of his sad, beautiful songs on his harp, and it made Lyanna weep. Rhaegar seems to have this effect on women, no matter how tough they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and just... Jumping out of the Nerdist excerpt really quickly, uh, referencing back to our earlier comment, Sir Barristan was the one who was telling oh, yes. Danny and Marine, of course, before he was slain by the Sons of the Harpy, how Rhaegar loved to sing mm-hmm. and had a beautiful voice. Yes. Okay, so back to the Nerdist excerpt. Then, a couple of days later, a short mystery knight, dressed in hastily thrown together and improperly fitting armor, and carrying a shield that had a laughing wireword tree painted on it, entered the joust and defeated the knights of all three squires that had mistreated Howland Reed. When the mystery knight spoke, it was with a booming voice, 
one that did not seem to be the knight's real voice. Attempts to unmask the knight proved futile, and to this day there are theories it was Howland Reed himself, Benjamin Stark, brother to Ned Stark, mm-hmm. or even some other northerner. But the answer is in the other popular candidate, Lyanna Stark, and there lies the origins of Rhaegar's love for her. The Knight of the Laughing Tree was short, used a fake voice, was obviously good with a horse, had an interest in vengeance for Howland Reed, defeated knights that weren't overly renowned for their jousting, meaning the mystery knight didn't need to be the greatest jouster, didn't have armor of his or her own, and paid homage to the old gods, mm-hmm. which, of course, the North remembers. <laughs> well, Lyanna fits all of those. Yet, you might be asking, if no one ever truly knew who the Mystery Knight was, what does it have to do with Rhaegar? Because Rhaegar did figure out who this Mystery Knight was. The tourney at Hall was the first time the paranoid Mad King, King Aerys II, <laughs> had left the Red Keep in years. And because he was a crazy person that saw conspiracies everywhere, he was sure the Mystery Knight was an enemy of his. So he sent his son Rhaegar to find out the knight. Rhaegar reported back that all he found was the knight's shield in a tree. Rhaegar lied. Rhaegar discovered that it was this tiny, young, beautiful, brave Stark girl that had stood up out of loyalty for her bannerman, and he didn't turn her in. Beyond probably being awed by her, Rhaegar also knew his father was too nuts to see what this was, an act of love and honor for a bannerman and the Mad King likely would have had her arrested or even executed for treason, not only killing her, but setting off a potential war with the North. It's why, when Rhaegar won the joust himself, he bypassed his own wife, Ilya, and named the heroic Lyanna the Queen of Love and Beauty, for she had been the mystery knight of the tournament. When you factor in that Rhaegar had made her weep, that he was the handsome crown prince, a man everyone loved and admired, the man who was good at everything he did, you have the beginnings of their doomed love. Lyanna was the Knight of the Laughing Tree, a secret Rhaegar learned and kept for her safety, and he fell in love with her for it, and she fell in love with him. It's why she stole away with Rhaegar a short time later, and why he had the Kingsguard protect her during Robert's rebellion. She was the love of his life, and she was carrying his child. And of course, Not to mention, Rhaegar was obsessed with the prophecy of the prince that was promised, the one whose song would be that of ice and fire, and a Stark and Targaryen child would truly be of ice and fire. Okay. A lot to take in there. A lot to take in there. Um, Really quickly, the prince that was promised theory. Mm -hmm. uh, In the books, they talk about Azor Ahai, which we're not sure if they're going to bring into the show. Right. But the prince that was promised is the savior that is going to stop the White Walkers. Yes, and I, I really think they're kind of paying homage to Azor High through the Red Women and talking about, you know, the, the person who's coming back to defeat the Army of the Dead. Melisandre has talked about that a few times in the show, so maybe that's how they bring that character out, if they do. Agreed, and sh- she may even drop the name and say, well, that's what... The Lord of Light calls him. Yeah. Just so the name's like there. Yeah. But that's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. They've already been, they've already basically brought up Azor High, but yes. just haven't said the name. Yes. Okay. Good point. All right. So you guys are like, I thought this was a Mormon theory when 
like <laughs> where do the Mormons fit in? But that background was important. It is important. Well, I mean, I feel like there's so much more depth there because if you if you watch the show and, and you haven't read the books like me, but are still really into the theories, that background is is so deep and is all, pretty much all. I mean, it's all before everything that's happened in the show pretty much except for the tower of joy scene and all that sort of stuff so it's good to get that background and get a sense for how it's all going to come together so i can play the theory game too well and you bring up a good point because some people are probably thinking well why would we pay attention to all this background if it's not in the show but we have brand now right and we've had flashbacks we had cersei's prophecy or um not prop. Well, prophecy. Was it her prophecy or her like? Cur- it's more of a curse. Yeah, yeah. Well, sad. Sadly, they're kind of one and the same. She had a real bad tarot card reading. Yeah, she totally did. <laughs> um. So we've saw that flashback. We of course have seen the Tower of Joy flashback. We've seen flashbacks at Winterfell. Um. Of course, the Hodor Willis. Oh, don't even flashback. Um. So all of that could be explained in like a solid seven eight minutes <laughs> like i think benny Offenwise can give us that well that i think that would be excellent and that'll be part of brand's role is looping all of this together yeah it's like um closing the loop so to speak because i mean it's the more you think about it the more you can kind of see how brand is is slash will affect the past and how that's set who knows how much of this it actually sets into motion yeah, and with the whole Hodor scene, it showed us that time is almost like a circle. Yes. And he's threading through it, so it wasn't that that had ar- hadn't had already happened. It hadn't happened yet. Right. He's just weaving through time, causing all of these events. Um, and if you're confused by that, I will put a link to the podcast. <laughs> um, I also co-host Talking TV with Liz and Lindy here on PureFandom.com. And after that Hodor episode, um, The Door, of course, mm-hmm. the infamous The Door episode, uh, Lindy and I kind of broke down the whole timeline of how all of this works. That was before I was pregnant and I was drinking so I can't guarantee. <laughs> That's the only way you can deal with what happened in that episode. Good point. So it actually is probably more clear than I'm thinking. <laughs> um, okay. So where do the Mormons fit into all of this? We've talked about how it's been confirmed John is the son of Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen. Um, we dove into her kidnapping, and we also dove into how it's very likely that they were actually in love, and he didn't kidnap her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a good point to note that while Rhaegar believed in this whole prince that was promised theory, uh, the North believes in a, the old gods, you know, the Wyrwood tree and winter mm-hmm. is coming. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of Southerners mock the whole winter is coming thing and mm-hmm. the North people like take it seriously. Mm-hmm. We saw in the season six finale, um, you know, a lot of the houses that were calling John King of the North were first saying, let's go back and hide. And wait out this winter, and John's like, you're not going to be hiding. You're going to be sitting bait. And they didn't even question it. Right. So it proves that the North believes in this horrible winter of White Walkers that is coming. Mm -hmm. So it just provides even more evidence as to why Lyanna would believe, you know, okay, I'm already infatuated with this man. We've conceived a child. We're of ice and fire. Boom. 
Mm. Yep. Okay. Now I promise. Let's talk about the Mormons. Okay. So we all know now that Ned took John as his bastard son to protect him out of the dying wish of his sister, Lana. Let's also remember that Howland Reed was with Ned when they discovered John and Lana. And this is revealed in Bran's time jump scene in season six. Um, because we see that Howland is the one next to Ned. Yes. And actually kills that badass knight of... The double sword wielding badass. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, Sir Arthur Dane. Ah, uh, yes. Sir yes. Arthur Dane, yeah. Um, uh, who was, of course, protecting Lyanna. Uh, Sir Arthur Dane was the second son of Beric Dane, Lord of Starfall. And as the wielder of the sword Dawn, which had been forged from the metal of a fallen star, he bore the title of the Sword of the Morning. And, of course, this prophecy Rhaegar believed in also said that the Savior would be born under a burning star. And Ned takes Sir Arthur Dane's sword and sets it at the foot of the bed, Mm -hmm. uh, which could fit that theory. Mm -hmm. And we've seen how these prophecies play out. You know, with Cersei's prophecy, gold will be their... um, Gold will be their shrouds, shrouds. right? Yes, yes. So, okay. Okay. So now that we have that background, let's just quickly review the Mormons, the ones that are significant to this theory. Right. And that have been in the series. Um, okay, so Eric, I feel like I've been talking a lot. I'm sorry. I uh, love it. Okay, so from Game of Thrones Wikio, we have Lord Commander Mormont, the old bear. Would you like to read his description? Yes, uh, Jor, I believe. Is that right, Jor? I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, Jor. Well, everybody says the names differently, even on the show. Yeah, so, true. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so Jr. was once Lord of Bear Island and head of House Mormont until he abdicated his seat in favor of his son, Sir Jorah, and joined the Night's Watch. He uh, rapidly rose the ranks to become Lord Commander, of course, because he's a Mormon. And his son disgraced himself by selling slaves and fled the free cities, leaving Jorah's sister, Mage, Mage, to rule Bear Island. Um, and that, that's from Game of Thrones, Wikia. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was a badass. That he sword was, a, was badass. a badass. Long claw. Long claw, which is now, of course, John's sword and made mm-hmm. of Valerian steel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, talk really quick. Well, we all know who Jorah is. I'm going to give us a quick recap of who Jorah is. Yeah, he was exiled to Essos for selling slaves, as I mentioned. Decides to follow Danny, sells her out at first, uh, then decides to get Grayscale and come back to her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he, does, he does win her back, though, because he saves her life when he throws the spear into the would-be assassin. Yes, yes, while they're in the fighting pits. Yes. Um, and... Before we dive into the other two Mormons, it's interesting because, um, you know, Lord Commander Mormon was so badass mm-hmm. and so fiercely loyal and respected. Why would he abdicate his seat if he didn't see a truer duty in it to go to the wall? That's right. That's right. Well, he had to know probably one of many things that winter is coming. Winter is coming. And, and that. that he might have had a greater responsibility with someone he knew was coming to the wall later that he would need to make his steward. Which we'll dive into in a second. <laughs> okay, then of course we have Leanna Mormont. Um, 
uh, Leanna Mormont is, of course, uh, the fierce little chickadee. Pretty sure she's 10 years old in the movie or in the show. And she's the most badass person in the North. Yep. Like, she's amazing. Um, and, of course, you know, she's the one that wrote the letter to Stannis in season five that John, that Stannis reads to John. House Mormon only knows one king, the king in the North, whose name is Stark. <laughs> and then she says it again in the season six finale. I don't care if he's a bastard. Ned Stark's blood runs through his veins. <laughs> And will they? Will anyone resist the call? Yeah, you refuse the call. Refuse the call. Refuse the call. And all those guys are hanging their heads like, "Fuck." Gosh, she's right. She is right. Damn. She's badass, and sometimes you need that. I don't want to say naive. She's not naive, but you need like the purity of the a child's conscience to like mm-hmm. snap you back. That is true. I never thought about it like that, you but know? that's. That's true. They're so pure and innocent in their thoughts for what's right. They don't, they're not as jaded, you know, which I think they definitely needed in that moment. There are a couple a-holes. At least they finally admitted they were wrong. Oh, 100%. And, you know, the fact that John, who no one except for maybe Mira Reed and Bran here pretty soon being a three-eyed raven. Oh, I'm sorry. He does know as a three-eyed raven. Right. Uh, that John, you know, and he believes he's a bastard. And it's like the bastard of Ned Stark is the one who didn't give up and fucking took Winterfell back. So time to raise your swords, buddies. Because winter's coming. <laughs> That's right. Winter's and he did here. It, yeah, he did it for his family and he did it because he's like, Jokers, okay. Um, I was north of the wall and I like seen some shit at Hard Home. Oh. And um, yeah. Just that's that's the thing. It's like the dude has fought a war with an army of the dead. And I mean, what do you say to that? You're like, oh, sorry, bro. No, I'm good. Yeah, it's like, hey, I took back the north from um, a psychopath for you guys. Um, I'm still a bastard. (laughs) P.S. I've been treated like. Not like shit, but shunned by people outside of his family his whole life. Mm-hmm. I've fought White Walkers. Um, we're all going to die if we don't band together. So yeah. uh, that's my story. And I'm Jon <laughs> Snow. <laughs> I'd just be like, okay, here we go. King of the North. King um, of the North. King of the North. And then, of course, we have Mage Mormont, who is Lyanna's mother. Um, she fought for Robb Stark during the War of the Five Kings, and she died during the war. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a fun little theory to end on about her oh, at the end. Okay, so here's the theory. Okay, so we believe that the Mormon family knew about John's true parentage, um, mm-hmm. meaning J.R., Old Bear. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that the rest of them knew. But Mormon house is so loyal that, you know, they'll just continue whatever duty. Yep. Uh, that they've been doing. So the flashback reveals the at the Tower of Joy that uh, Rhaegar died before John was born. Um, it also shows how important it was to Rhaegar because we believed he loved her and believed in this prophecy that Lyanna had a safe birth. So this is why Sir Arthur Dane was not present at the Battle of Robert's Rebellion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, they were fiercely loyal to him, which we've discussed. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Ned clearly believed in the war against winter. When he says winter is coming, he knows it's not just a snowstorm canceling school for a few days. <laughs> he knows that, like, some shit's coming with it. Uh, yeah. Of the um, dead kind. Of the dead kind, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in the Tower of Joy scene, Ned also hears Bran yell, Father, uh, you know, in this loop through time as he climbs the tower to Lyanna. So whether he takes this as the sign to raise John, um, and also this prophecy, you know, of a prince that was promised, I think it's a combination of both. I think at the time it was probably more so for his sister. Definitely. I think he would have, whether he heard that father thing or not, he would have taken him for sure. But I think perhaps the fact that he did, and they made a point in the Tower of Joy scene when they actually played it through to reveal that John was the newborn, that they replayed him taking the double take to say, to hear that. I don't Good know if point. you know that. So they so they replayed that piece of the scene with intention, I think. And what that will lead us to, and we're we're probably gonna cover this, but what that will lead us to is that he realizes this baby, of course, being born Targaryen and Stark, Ice and Fire, but he realizes this baby is meant for something bigger. And so he feels a bigger responsibility than just raising him. He has a responsibility to make sure this child does whatever it is they need to set out to do, which is why he probably told some other people about him. Oh, my God. This is why I married you. I love you so much. (laughs) Okay. So, great. Let's dive into that then. So, he definitely needs to trust someone with this information, you know, to make sure this son of ice and fire is in his rightful place when the war comes. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not sure exactly what the purpose is. Maybe he didn't know he would be leading this war, but he for sure knew that he needed to be some somewhere near it. Absolutely. Um, so who would he trust? Well, the house that has been the most loyal and always will be the most loyal to the Starks, at least that we've seen through the television show, um, and that's the Mormon house. So you're saying he told the Mormons that John was the son of Lyanna and Rhaegar. I think he told J.R. Mormon. And yeah, I, think, I agree. And I think that's why J.R. Mormon um, abdicated his seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Bear Island, uh, we are reminded, you know, they don't have the most men. Sixty-two. Sixty-two. But they fight with the strength of ten times that each man. <laughs> and you know, I love that scene where um, uh, Sir Davos says, "Well, if they're half as fierce as their lady, yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone's screwed." Um, which is true. So you know, they're the most loyal house, and also saying like, "Hey, I need to ask you to do something for me." Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was Jr. and him in cahoots together, or Ned asking him. Will you go to the wall because I'm going to send John there when he's older? Mm-hmm. And we need someone there that believes in the war against winter because it is coming and that will mentor him and make sure he's where he needs to be. Yeah. And are we going to dive into why they sent John to the wall? Yeah, go ahead. Wait, what do you mean they, like, J.R. Like, and Ned? Yeah, why they, like, why would they send him to the wall? And maybe and, Benjen knows, too. Now yeah. that I'm thinking of this, I didn't really have this in our outline. Mm-hmm. But I could see Benjen uh, 
knowing to Ned's brother. Yeah, and it's very possible. And what happened to him sucked. Man, that would ruin your day, wouldn't it? Get half eaten by a White Walker, but not become one. And then just be stuck on the north side of the wall forever. Oh. But anyways, I, I think they sent him to the wall knowing that he most likely could be the key. And so the closer he was to the White Walkers, the earlier he'd be exposed to it and realize his duty to save the world. Yes, 100% agreed. And um, we can let's just tie in who else would know about this. Of course, Helen Reed knows right. because he was there yeah. when it happened. And yeah. Helen Reed, which um, I don't know why I didn't remember this until our rewatch. I think there's just like... There was so much like blockbuster stuff going on mm-hmm. in the show that you get distracted. But um, Howlin' Reed is the dad of Jojen and Mira. Mm-hmm. And Jojen and Mira, of course, we've said, are the people that found sought out Bran and said, we have to bring you north of the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, you got a, you got a duty. Um, so it's kind of like this, you know, triangular effect of Ned... Making sure that he raises and protects John, sends him to the wall, and then they have, you know, J.R. Mormont, Old Bear, Lord Commander Mormont, mm-hmm. making sure that's why he took him on as a steward, because he's like, like, I can't risk you just going out and being a ranger and dying. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to figure out your purpose. And right. then, of course, you have the Reeds seeking out Bran and um, kind of pulling this whole Three-Eyed Raven thing together as well. The fact, well, I mean, Jojen's the one who can see the vision, so he must have seen at some point that Bran was the needed to become the Three-Eyed Raven, or even that he was a warg at all. Yes. But that was a pretty, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing they knew that, but I mean, also if Hal and Reed had been a, a squire of the Starks and all of that, like, I'm sure some shit came out over the years. Maybe Jojen was like, Daddy, why am I dreaming of this? And he's like, shit. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he was real young, you know, when they left Howland, probably. Yeah. Um, And we need to look up. I'm not exactly sure what happened to Howland. Um, Yeah. But regardless, uh, you know, he's, again, fiercely loyal to the Starks um, for this whole Night of the Laughing Tree instance with Lyanna and then, of Mm -hmm. course, with Ned Stark. Yeah. so yeah, of course, this would explain why Jr. abdicated his seat for Jorah and left for the Night's Watch. Um, and you know, some people could argue this and say that he only took John under his wing out of loyalty to the Starks. But with all these other factors, um, and knowing Winter's coming and the White Walkers, and you know, maybe he knew that Valyrian steel would kill White Walkers, and gave it to him. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I also think it's interesting, uh, so Maester Aemon is also, or was also, R.I.P., a Targaryen, mm-hmm. um, Aerys II's brother, and in season five, Aemon is the deciding vote to make John Lord Commander. You know, he also could right. have known this and been in cahoots with J.R. to protect John, mm-hmm. and that also explains this whole ice and fire thing. And while some people would say, well, he's old, you know, he'd been out of the game for a while... There was also a scene where Maester Eamon was sitting with Sam mm-hmm. and they got a letter about Danny and like all the stuff that was going on in Marine when before she like just straight up took over and sailed for Westeros <laughs> um, where he was visibly angry about mm-hmm. how the only Targaryen is out there alone with no support and he's just sitting there doing nothing. 
So to me, that shows he is still loyal to his house, you know, well, no matter what. Yeah, there. well, there's, I think there's some debate over the, that scene because he doesn't say, I'm, I'm sitting here doing nothing. He says the only one who could do anything about it is stuck here at the wall and not doing anything. Wait, are you sure about that? Yeah. You serious, Clark? <laughs> <laughs> because because there there was people say there's foreshadowing to the fact that John is actually a Targaryen and could have helped her. And that's who he was talking about. Like he's like He wasn't I'm, talking about himself. He, he was, was talking, talking about, about John. And that's why he, Ah So they indicate so that they're saying it was foreshadowing that he knows. And has known the whole time. Yeah, and and actually, I don't know if I read that somewhere or just came to that conclusion myself. But I definitely regardless re- remember that he said the only person who can help her is here. But now, you, see, now we're talking about this, and I'm like, why? I feel like an idiot. Duh. <laughs> he knew he was John. He wouldn't be talking about himself. He's blind and, you know, yeah, he's like he around. obviously can't help her. No. I mean, he could advise her, I suppose. So you could argue he's like, well, I could advise her, whatever. No, 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 no. But... You're right. He's waddling around worse than me, and I'm four weeks out from giving birth. <laughs> so at that point, um, no, you're 100% right. So there high you five. Go. Way to go. Yeah. Thanks. Um, okay, so, oh, of course, look at my notes. Look up when Howlin' Reed died. Well, we already, <laughs> we already admitted that we didn't do that. Um, but regardless, the point we wanted to make was still made. Yeah, he knew. Um, so long story short, we believe J.R. Mormont of House Mormont, Lord Commander, knew about John respected Ned, knew he would come to the wall because he somehow played a part in the war against Winter. Mm-hmm. And that Aemon Targaryen, Maester Aemon Targaryen knew as well. And of course that uh, Howland Reed knew that his kids, or at least allowed his kids, or the connection with the Reeds just proves more loyalty to the Starks. And that um, Bran has a purpose in all of this as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Lyanna and Rhaegar were in love. We also have some theories as to how John will find out who his true parents are, which I think will get a little bit tricky, but I trust Benioff and Wise. And I almost don't want to theorize too much, and not because I want to be lazy about it, but because the twist with Hodor and the door was so good. I'm like, oh, I know they can do that with Lyanna and Rhaegar. Somehow. Did anybody talk about why he only says Hodor? I feel like there was some speculation out there, but nobody really talked about it because... I guess there was a theory out there on Reddit that it meant like hold the door or something, but no one really knew like... Why why. or how. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It still like took me like, oh my gosh. So sad. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that... uh, Yeah, I've always thought that there's... They always place a strong importance on the crypts at Winterfell. Yes. So I believe, um, I don't know what kind of birth certificates or bullshit like that they had going on back then, but I feel like something in the crypt could maybe help prove it. Yeah. I like that theory where, um, well, they, and there have been a few scenes down in the crypt that have exposed some stuff. Like when Sansa, Talked about being her being raped by Rhaegar. Uh, talked talked about Lyanna being raped by Rhaegar, and Littlefinger says, 
You are so young. Yeah, he just looks at her like, bitch, please. Like, I've seen Rhaegar. <laughs> Little was, finger nose. Oh, yeah. He's like, he was sexy as hell. She was in love with him. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. And Leanna was like 16 or 17 at the time. And that's when we're just reckless and in love. Like, <laughs> um, Yeah, a lot of important scenes have been at Leanna's, you know, and then in season one, I believe it was episode yeah, one. Yeah, with Robert. Where Robert comes and says, why did you bury her down here? Mm-hmm. And he said, she belongs down here. Ooh. Mm-hmm. says so she belongs down here, like with her family. There's stuff inside that crypt. Bus show. Ooh. All Bus right. show. We'll find out. Um, so I thought we could end on, since that was a lot, we're at about 40 minutes right now. I'm pretty proud of us. I was expecting this to be way longer. 90 minutes, at least. I know. Um, we're doing good. So possible baby names <laughs> for John. <laughs> I was thinking uh, Jaharis or Jaharis uh, because remember when I took a bunch of Dayquil when I was sick like a year and a half ago? I was not pregnant. <laughs> and I read A World of Ice and Fire and Beautiful Mind, our whiteboard with a bunch oh, of theories. Yeah. Which it, is where this started. Yeah, it looked like a serial killer's notebook. Yep, I'll share it with you guys on Instagram or something. <laughs> um, I read all about Jaharis and he, I think it was Jaharis the second. I could be wrong on that. But um, he was like the one that reigned, the Targaryen that reigned um, the longest with peace mm-hmm. and was kind of like the, uh, I don't know, who to compare him to. Who was the first but, Targaryen that conquered Westeros? Aegon. Aegon. You could name him Aegon. Yeah. I don't know, Aegon was a badass, but I'd be kind of, I'd feel a little weird being named after anyone that like had sex with their siblings but i mean i guess that's just like the that jam. was the norm back then yeah true <laughs> and they're like magical so they're not like full-on human oh yeah they are like half immortal or something right well i mean they can walk through fire and ride dragons yeah like that's magic mm-hmm. um so okay so funny thing to end on we read this theory that leanna mormont is Tormund's daughter Tormund being the beautiful red-haired man that says the C word a lot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and like the perfect right-hand dude that you want fighting the war against winter. Watch. I, I got to say one of my favorite things about the rewatch was watching his relationship with John evolve. Yes. And watch the respect grow between them. I mean, there's there's so many sub storylines that you catch rewatching the show, like we were able to do, and uh, I mean, just how everyone hated the wildlings and the free folk and all that, and they ended up being some of the most loyal, like truly loyal people of anyone in all of West, like Westeros and whatever. Oh yeah, and just how John, you know, was straight with him when he took his his chains off when Tormund was like, say this to me, you know, while I'm not all chained up and he took him off and was just like, listen, you got women and children over there. I know what's out there. Mm -hmm. And we're like, our duty is protect man, you know? And he sees like, this is what the crows were really supposed to be about, you know? Yep. It's been so fun. So I guess in the books, um, Tormund talks about how he betted like, a lady of the north or something <laughs> and some people believe it's mage mormont who is liana's mother um and <laughs> we don't great. know who liana's dad is so i think it would just be hilarious 
And it would be a really funny flashback if Bran was just like, hmm. You know, and then we had, <laughs> and then we had like a scene where, um, you know how in uh, X-Men First Class, when Quicksilver, Evan Peters, breaks right. out Magneto, Michael Fassbender. Oh, so, such a stud. Such a stud. And says, oh, my mom knew a guy that could do that once. You know, <laughs> just kind of like hinted at it. I yeah. think that would be really funny. That would be funny. But, Okay. So, do we have it? I mean, have we exhausted everything? Oh, God, no. No. But, but enough for today. Enough for today. Okay, so, uh, you know, come a few days from now, this all could be kiboshed. That has <laughs> happened to us before. It's a beautiful thing about it. Yep. If you're a Star Wars fan, um, I was convinced Rogue One was double entendre for Darth Maul, and um, that did not happen. It was too much. No, it wasn't. <laughs> they just didn't take on the challenge. Oh, okay. But I think this could actually be legit and happen. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It's not that far from how everything's kind of played out already. Well, and, you know, when Battle of the Bastards, when John is fighting Ramsey, which was so awesome, and how he just walks straight towards him with a Mormon shield. Oh, I didn't notice you that, you know, too. blocks every arrow. It's just they're putting all these Easter eggs in there to... Yep. And, you know, just making House Mormont more prominent. Yep. Uh, Leanna rides up with John when he meets him, when yep. him, Sansa, That's right. Sir Davos, and Tormund meet with Ramsay before the war starts, so or the battle starts. Um, all the signs are there. That's right. I agree. So if you have any thoughts, leave some comments and leave, yeah, leave comments because we want to hear them. Like, we want to know, we want to get discussion going. You can join our Game of Thrones Facebook group. So it's Game of Thrones-Pure Fandom on Facebook. We'll actually put the link in this post as well. So that way you guys can join. We share, like, hilarious memes, talk theories, and uh, Talking TV with Liz and Lindy will be recapping Game of Thrones this season. Um, But uh, just a little bit of a disclaimer, if I do go into labor... Uh, some episodes may be slightly delayed. Uh, <laughs> or, it's a um, good excuse. It's I a guess. good excuse. Or um, Lindy will, of course, uh, just recap her herself with some special guests. So thank you so much for joining today. You're um, so welcome. I really appreciate it. Uh, or were you talking to the fans? I was talking to the fans, but I was also talking to you. Oh. Like, I know after this, we're probably just going to go like watch a movie or something because <laughs> we're at home. But this was really fun. This was fun. This was a very professional conversation we had. I know. I feel like people are going to be like, do they, they have a really weird marriage, but we're really mushy and love each other. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at pure underscore fandom. And of course, check us out, facebook.com slash be pure fandom. And if you want to be a contributor for purefandom.com, email liz at purefandom.com or lindy at purefandom.com and join our team. We have a blast. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Until then. Capes out.